You're listening to the Caramel Apples Podcast, the show that brings you a retro vibe, both crunchy and sweet. This week, we're going to be talking about Voltron, Defender of the Universe, from the year 1984. You ready to dive in? Voltron, Defender of the Universe. so excited for our awesome retro travels this week and talking about the wonderfully nostalgic Japanese anime television series, that of Voltron. Mm. Are you with me, Cooper? Cooper Lee's on board. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm totally ready, Kennard. Good. <laughs> Thanks for asking. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Voltron was almost uh, fun and key part of what we truly enjoyed watching back then while we were growing up. Voltron was good, yo. <laughs> and although we liked a lot of girly stuff back in the day, we really were a couple of tomboys growing up. Getting on with our little guy friends and such. Oh, totally. We really did. We did, yes. They don't they don't have anything to like bring them in, but they were there. <laughs> you know, I remember we'd watch these types of cartoons with them, play with the action figures and toys and whatnot. It really was a good time. It was really, really cool to be a kid back then. I agree. And what great memories we made. Fox! <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful retro memories we can dial up. And watching Voltron, Defender of the Universe, was thankfully a key part of that fond nostalgia. Mm -hmm. Once again, it's so nice that we'll be deep diving into the wildly fascinating components of Voltron. And have that weekly rush of nostalgia wash over us. So let's get poppin', shall we? I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Voltron is a Japanese anime TV series franchise that focuses on a team of space explorers who expertly pilot a ginormous super robot. Now we're cooking. Yes. yes. Oh my goodness. <laughs> you know, they fight the evil forces of King Zarkon and Prince Lotor. That's a pretty involved undertaking, you know, in protecting planet Eris and the galaxy from King Zarkon. Voltron Defender of the Universe was the top-rated syndicated cartoon for two years mm. of its original run from September 10th, 1984 to November 18th, 1985. The first season of Voltron featured the Lion Force of Voltron. The one we come to love and are most familiar with. Uh-huh. 
and was adapted from the series Beast King Go Lion. The second season featured the vehicle Team Voltron, which was adopted from the unrelated series Armored Fleet Der Ruger. 15. And thanks to Toye Animation. So, again, you know, fascinating things doing research about Voltron this week because I know we're probably the same. I didn't, we had blinders on, like, what we saw on TV was all that was there, and it was the lion one. Yeah, and your kids, you know, yeah. you're not going to ask a lot of questions. <laughs> you just want to enjoy. <laughs> yeah, it's like, there's other divisions of this? Yeah. That was kind of mind-blowing. Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, so let's get into this, you know? <laughs> I was like, this is pretty, pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> so the program Creators of Ultron was produced and executive produced by Peter Keith and Ted Koppler through his production company, World Event Production. So now that we have some of the important tech specs out on the table, <laughs> and now we'll get into some of the high points of this animated retro gem. The things that stood out, we totally cherish and remember. Yep. So much fun. Now, Kennedy, one of those fond recollections is in the killer opening narration. Can we talk about that for a hot second? We can do even better than that. <laughs> <laughs> that opening narration was bomb diggity. <laughs> <laughs> and would you care to share with us on exactly why that opener popped for the fans, Coop? Certainly. Okay, good. <laughs> so fun, but a very fondly familiar fact. That opening narration was expertly executed by the iconic retro voice actor Peter Cullen, <laughs> who was also responsible for lending his voice talents to our ever-beloved robo-commander, that of Optimus Prime <laughs> of Transformers fame. Voltron <laughs> also had many other fine voiceovers from talents such as Neil Ross, Jack Angel, Michael Bell, B.J. Ward, and Lenny Weinrib. Um, these folks do so many varying characters that they show just how good their voiceover talents are. And you just mentioned how Peter Cullen was the official voice of Transformers Optimus Prime. But some of these other brilliant voice talents too, you just listed, had been used in Hasbro's Transformers franchise. The other Voltron installments, as well as in the movies, this would be in the case of Transformers as well. Mm -hmm. So back to that opening narration done by Peter Cullen. It goes as follows. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe comes a legend. The legend of Voltron Defender of the Universe. A mighty robot loved by good, feared by evil. As Voltron's legend grew, peace settled across the galaxy. On planet Earth, a galaxy alliance was formed. Together with the good planets of our solar system, they maintained peace throughout the universe until a new horrible menace threatened the galaxy. Voltron was needed once more. This is the story of the super force of space explorers, specially trained and sent by the alliance to bring back Voltron, defender of the universe. How's that for some crazy nostalgia? <laughs> Uh, I paused because that was so good. Very nicely done. <laughs> that was totally sweet. And I enjoyed that immensely and could hear it in my mind's eye right along with you. Yeah, thanks. Um, because Peter Cullen, 
You know, he had a powerful, distinctive voice. So, so cool. He did. And that's it, you know. And I know you're just being nice, but yeah. <laughs> totally got to tune out Kennedy Rizzo <laughs> and put in Optimus Prime. <laughs> that's all it is. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and there really was a lot said in that opening narration that led credence to what the basis on what the story behind Voltron was about. If you recall, the narration states that the Galaxy Alliance was formed by the good planets of our solar system. Mm -hmm. This phrasing suggests both that Earth and the other planets sharing the sun are the entire alliance. Yeah. And that some of these worlds are not friendly. This is true. This is very <laughs> true. To Voltron, a mighty robot who defended peaceful planets and justice in the galaxy, seemed invincible until an evil witch or baddie, Hagar, um, tried to destroy him. And the many storyline that were thought up for Voltron were pretty good. I agree, Cooper. I, too, like how Zarkon's evil witch or baddie, Hagar, is always willing to try and destroy Voltron. What she did was split him, the mighty robot, into five parts. Each becoming a robotic lion. Each lion was powered by an element of planet Eris. The black lion by lightning, the red lion by magma, the green lion by cyclone, the blue lion by water, and the yellow lion by the sands of the desert. These five separate lions on their own are bad to the bone awesome. They most certainly were. <laughs> and after the confrontation with Hagar, each lion found itself a hiding place somewhere in Aris, totally inactive and unused for years. They that just hiding. Yes, and that just makes you draw into the story, right? <laughs> it I mean, does. That, that is a component that you're like, Yes. Where are they? Yes. <laughs> and in plain sight, maybe. Yes. So planet Aris, not being protected by Voltron, is consequently defeated by the forces of evil's Archon. And now, sent by Galaxy Garrison, after yet another terrible battle, five space explorers flee from, escape, from planet Doom in order to find the secret to restoring the mighty super robot our beloved Voltron. Oh. <laughs> We're nuts. <laughs> the drama. This is good stuff here. It is. It really is. And the premise of Voltron truly had some interesting characters. We already briefly referenced two of our key baddie characters, that of King Zarkon and Hagar. So you just opened the way for the introduction of our five space explorers. Now, who were the good guys? The baddies came up against. <laughs> Fun fact, the five space explorers who we come to know and love from our retro memories were Keith, Lance, Pidge, Sven, and Hunk. <laughs> Hunk. <laughs> That's some power right there. Yeah. These five are a great team with some amazing skill and talents, which when utilized gave them the ability to escape any kind of danger. And it's a good thing, too, which we readily saw play out each and every time we watched. Yeah, there really was courage and great bravery that the Voltron Force has, which is second to none. With something like 50 or so episodes produced, mm. 
Yeah, they, the creative execs, really did have some inventive ideas implemented by which they were portrayed. The Japanese version of Voltron actually showed a lot more violence and death <laughs> versus the version presented here in the States, mm. which was significantly cleaned up and censored for our fragile little innocent minds. <laughs> I don't know how fragile they really were, though. We were demented, were we? <laughs> Bratty kids. We got the watered-down version. <laughs> <laughs> so this cartoon also had um, has fine graphics and pictures, as well as quality sound. So fun fact, did you know that Voltron was one of the first television animated shows to be produced in 5.1 Stereo sound. Mm. Uh huh. That is highly impressive, being it was done back in 1984. That is pretty notable. Yeah. And back to the fine graphics and pictures that played out. You know the look of things. Voltron is such an impressive looking robot when he's formed. Yeah. Um, as are the individual robot lions. <laughs> back to the moon. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> I mean, like the animation was good for the time, but wasn't the best when looking back and comparing it to all of the high-tech stuff we have currently. Mm -hmm. The 1984 Voltron was very entertaining, and it got the job done. The designs made up for it. Yeah, you know, and Voltron Force would first battle against the um, Robeast monsters with the five lions, but when this didn't work... They would then merge the lions into Voltron. Kennard, uh, not gonna <laughs> lie, but the lion formation sequence never gets old. It's the best. It is. Power. Raw power. That's all that is. I don't know. <laughs> we got Sven, the black lion. Oh my God. <laughs> who was your favorite? No, just kidding. <laughs> anyway, who was brave and reliable? Yes. Commander Keith. Red Lion, okay, who was a heroic leader, Lance Blue Lion, get her done, <laughs> <laughs> who was the wise cracking, hot headed ladies' man. <laughs> then we have the big guy, Muscle, and human refrigerator, Hunk, <laughs> Yellow Lion. That explains it, <laughs> yes. And last but not least, we have Pitch, the brain. For representing the Green Lion. Oh, that's awesome. I love the rundown. Mm. Um, if my recollection is correct, I believe Sven was killed off and eventually Princess Allura took his place as Paladin. Mm. But her uniform was pink. <laughs> <laughs> totally, totally 10 points right there. <laughs> nice style there. Way to go, Allura. So we have five colorful characters who proudly and expertly pilot these five mechanical lions. Ready to go, Voltron! Activate Interlock! Dinotherms connected! Infracells up! Mega Thrusters a go! Let's go, Voltron Force! <laughs> it's so nostalgic! <laughs> and when you heard those words, you just knew you were in for a ride. Oh, yeah. So just so much excitement and charge while getting into one of the coolest, most watched TV shows of the 80s. Yes. Form feet and legs. Form body and arms. And I'll form the head. And once again, Voltron needed to form because of the monsters that needed to be eradicated. Mm hmm I was adequately entertained by the monster stage to give Voltron a good fight. 
True, Cooper. These monsters were called the Roe Beasts, and they are the coolest monsters. Giant monsters well portrayed that I've seen baked within an anime. Yes. But I really like the mighty Voltron coming up against the Roe Beasts. Mm-hmm. He is the coolest along with his blazing sword. Form blazing sword. Oh, how I dig the mighty Voltron. <laughs> he is the absolute coolest, as well as his blazing sword, and that is PG. <laughs> Come on now. Back scoop. <laughs> <laughs> We're totally kid friendly here. <laughs> yes, I had to jump in there for you because I know exactly what you'd be saying if I had said that. <laughs> So we have the Fabulous Five that are a great team who have wonderful chemistry. As their story moves forward, they discover the Castle of Lions. Okay. Yes, we also get to meet two more fascinating characters. That being Princess Allura and her trusted advisor, Corrin. They too had been through so much in regards to Planet Aris. Yes, and when thinking of the baddies... There are definitely some weirdly wonderful ones in the setup. Take, for instance, King Zarkon. He was 110% prime evil, (laughs) treating people with contempt, and he had no conscience while he was doing it. (laughs) Hot mess. Uh (laughs) King Zarkon's only desire is to rule the universe. With his adversaries, Hagar, Zarkon's own hot mess son, Prince Lotor, Commander Yurak, along with his evil brigade of fighters and roe beasts. Yeah. So this animated gem brings back so many memories from back when. It does. Totally innocent days spent in front of the tube, (laughs) rooting for Voltron (laughs) to defeat the ugly forces of King Zarkon. (laughs) The specs in production was a bit dated, as you stated before. After all, it was in the 80s. So it worked for us young fans, though. Yeah, agreed, Coop. Anyone who trashes the show missed the entire concept completely. Yes, yes, I agree. You know, Voltron wasn't about making the best drawings or even having the greatest music or phenomenal action. It was about fun. Yes, and watching this show from a youthful perspective, one would understand that this is about teamwork and friendship. And as you just mentioned... Just having fun and living because you could. Mm -hmm. Far, far different are so many of the current cartoons they put out now. But much like everything else, current cartoon designers try to take what they see contained within the classics and emulate it. Yeah. As a way to mirror greatness to make profit, you know, uh, without really having to think about it. But we can truly see why. But Voltron is the best and always will be one of the best. Oh, yes. Much agreed. (laughs) And it always does come down to the money, doesn't it? It does. Yeah, unfortunately. (laughs) Anyway, so there were actually two different versions of Voltron. That one we've been looking into heavily into our episode this week, Lion Force Voltron, and by far the most popular. But then we have Vehicle Voltron, which to be honest, I didn't know even existed. Oh, wow. Uh, me either. Hmm. Like what you hear so far? Make sure you never miss a show by clicking the subscribe button now. This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. Thank you for your support. 
Now, back to the show. Voltron series was not as popular and a tad bit more complex. Mm. So let me put this in terms of a more relatable sci-fi reference. Uh, think of Lion Force Voltron as more like Star Wars and Vehicle Voltron more on the angle of Star Trek. Oh, interesting. Okay, so that that is an interesting illustrative example there, Coop. I, I think I'm following you. Okay. It was like G.I. Joe meets Star Trek, with a group of space explorers along with their commander and crew of their ship, the Explorer, searching for new worlds for the people of their overcrowded galaxy. <laughs> okay, so this vehicle Voltron Force had 15 pilots who flew 15 space vehicles. Um, definitely a lot more involved, obviously. Yeah. Okay, so that formed land, air, and sea vehicles. Yes. As well as all 15 forming Voltron. Mm -hmm. Some had the opinion that Vehicle Voltron was the better-looking robot. Vehicle Voltron battled the Drool Empire with countless generals, soldiers, and their robeasts. This segment angle of Voltron was quite the rarity. And according to our research on this, um, the air team was most similar to Voltron Lion Force. Jeff, the top dog or leader, was like a short hair version of Keith. Mm. A kid named Chip is actually revealed to be Pidge's brother. Ooh, fun fact. <laughs> sure thing. Fun fact. <laughs> <Nice>. LOL. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> the land team was led by an Englishman named Cliff. And the C team was led by Crick, an alien who could predict upcoming things with supreme accuracy. Wow. So we mentioned Jeff a second ago. The air team lead, er, <laughs> leader, and Voltron force leader. But even Jeff had to answer to Commander Hawkins. Wow. There's obviously a whole interesting segment to seemingly explore concerning Vehicle Voltron. We'll have to make that a personal project sometime soon and actually check it out. Oh, yeah. I'm totally game. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> We're fans anyway, right? Yeah. <laughs> but much like everything else, the Lion Force is our favorite version. Had the simple numbers, five space explorers, five robot lions, one set planet, and one set of villains. 
easier and more fun to keep track of. <laughs> Especially with our boy apple brains. <laughs> There's thick caramel in there. <laughs> so the original five paladins of Voltron Lion Force, we earlier mentioned that Sven eventually disappeared from the lineup. Yeah. So fun fact, did you know that Princess Allura herself chose to fly the blue lion after Sven bounced? It rather disappeared. <laughs> Very interesting and highly appropriate segue into the next fascinating development before we close out our riveting discussion of Voltron this week. And we're going to touch on the reboot of the Voltron franchise on June 10th, 2016 through December 14th, 2018. That being Voltron Legendary Defender. It was produced by World Events Productions along with DreamWorks Animation Television Series by South Korean studio MIR for Netflix. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> its brilliant animation is a mix of anime-influenced traditional animation for the characters and backgrounds, and CGI for Voltron action sequences. I can say for a fact that the tech specs you just described and how well they played out for the avid viewer was absolutely primo. Mm -hmm. I really liked the reboot version of Ultron and felt it did a wonderful job of developing better, both what the story was about, right along with our characters, good or bad. I was quite impressed, to be quite honest with you. Uh, and that says something, because we aren't always so open or accepting of a lot of the recent redos of so many of our fond nostalgic memories. <laughs> you know, we're kind of redo, reboot snobs on so much of that's popping up out here and there, you know. Guilty as charged. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll give a bit of a brief crumb apple appetizer on Voltron Legendary Defender before we wrap up our fascinating deep dive this week. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so much like 1984 Voltron, Voltron Legendary Defender was set in a science fictional universe where, fun fact... Planetary energy, referred to as quintessence, can be used to power both vehicles and magic. Key point for the overall framework. That's right, Coop. Especially in when thinking of would be most helpful and used as a power source to fuel the lions. The show follows the adventures of the paladins of Voltron, who must learn to work together in order to form the legendary robot Voltron and use it to defeat Emperor Zarkon, oh, him again, <laughs> in the Galra Empire. Coop, I totally dig this reboot, but you don't have to take my word for it. Get this, the series' success has spawned several comics, action figures, and other toys from the company Playmates Toys. Ah, and as you say, when you got it, you got it. <laughs> Rolling out toys and such is a key indicator that what you're offering works. Yeah. You know, merchandising is a huge step in the right direction, which I'm glad the reboot dialed up. Mm -hmm. Much like it did back in the day with Voltron Defender of the Universe. Facts aplenty, Coop. <laughs> <laughs> Said that for millennia, the Galra Empire has plagued the universe by destroying civilizations and enslaving various races. The one big threat to the Empire is Legendary Voltron, Defender of the Universe. It is so enjoyable watching Voltron, old and new. 
I am such a fan of bows. Love things that are of massive size and height. Yes. It can be quite intimidating and fascinating all at once. Ultron, the actual robot. Definitely falls into that category. <laughs> He's awesome. It's a slam dunk, right? God, yes. <laughs> and do you want some actual numbers on Voltron's, um, his awesomeness? All ears. Fun fact. Did you know that robot Voltron was, get this, 328 feet tall? Ooh. Yeah. To put this in visual perspective... Voltron was just the few clicks taller, yes, I say taller, than Big Ben Clock Tower in London, England, oh my God. which stands an impressive 310 feet itself. Oh my God, that is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but we love it. Yes. Thanks for sharing that, Cooper. That is nuts. <laughs> it does help put things in vivid perspective, though. It really does. Yeah, but much like the older version of the robot, where um, it was composed of five colossal lion robots, mm -hmm. you know, whose pilots or space explorers are paladins. Right, and you know, I have to backtrack a little bit because look, earlier when we were talking about the 84 Voltron, I did say paladin. That was, I think that's the newer term mm -hmm. that they decided to introduce in their reboot. So I, my apologies, but you know, it is what it is. They're space explorers, paladins, all, it all works. <laughs> it all comes together and they're flying them robots together. That's right. But paladins, that's a bad word. Like, it that's is. pretty cool. It is. So that's a nice segue into opening up a clearer picture on who our paladins, so yeah, it is, <laughs> who our paladins were and what they set out to do here momentarily. At the crux of the war that ended with the destruction of planet Altea, King Alphor separated Robot Voltron in order to protect it from falling into the evil Galra Emperor Zarkon's possession. A.K.A. Grubby Mitts. <laughs> He's nuts! <laughs> King Alphor sent the Voltron Lions across the universe to two different locations to hide them from Emperor Zarkon. Ooh, that's cute. He's hiding them. <laughs> Sound like something we do. <laughs> Fun fact. So Princess Alora, King Alfor's royal advisor, Corin, and the Altaian Castle of Lions were hidden on planet Aris, along with the Black Lion. Mm -hmm. Pretty mm -hmm. cool, huh? Uh, yes. Okay, so yes, I can't hardly contain my excitement on this. <laughs> um so, yes, the reboot is bad to the bone. Mm -hmm. I was totally sucked in by this reboot, okay? So, here's the thing. I have my dream car. It's sitting outside right now. Yes, spill the tea. <laughs> I have wanted it forever. It was an anniversary gift, but it is my dream car. It is bad to the flipping bone. It is the Black Lion. <laughs> that is its name. That's what do we call it. And I am the Paladin. Yeah. <laughs> that's why that's cool. <laughs> so, yes. The car is bad to the bone. It is, it is like the best I ever had. So It really is cool. Yeah. And so he's the head of the other lions. We see them all over. So those would be the red lion, the blue lion, <laughs> you know, like his little compadres, his little metal compadres. Yes. But yeah, he's sitting outside right now and he is awesome. Bow down. Very cool. And he is hidden most of the time. Yeah. And when he comes on, 
the eyes looks very similar. Yes, so uh -huh. cool. Bow down. <laughs> In the present, the Galra Empire's path of conquest and search for Voltron has led them to Earth's solar system. Uh-oh, they're getting close. <laughs> A group of space pilots, <laughs> Hero, Keith, Lance, Pidge, and Hunk, discovered the Blue Lion and immediately got swept up in the Galra War. They meet Princess Allura, become the new paladins, and reunite the five lions to form Voltron. Getting their fight to liberate the universe from the Galra Empire. Very interesting stuff baked into the Voltron reboot. Oh, sure is, Koopa Dill. Good grief. <laughs> Most of the components that made up the 1984 Voltron was unchanged when it was incorporated into the Voltron reboot. But having said that, there were a couple of things we'll briefly mention that got updated, so it'll kind of be a then versus current type of scenario. Okay. So what do we have there, Kennard? Okay, so in the 1984 Voltron, we know and are quite familiar with our five space explorers. Um, that being Keith, the Red Lion and Leader, Sven, Black Lion, Lance, Blue Lion, Pidge, Green Lion, and Hunk, the Yellow Lion. Sven was of Norwegian descent, as you could clearly tell from his strong accent. As we mentioned earlier, he exited stage left and was killed off, in which Princess Allura took his spot and her place right along with her now fellow space explorers piloting Sven's lion, all the while sporting her pink uniform. <laughs> <laughs> I really like Allura's style. Well, you know, black and pink go together so well. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> so that's just crazy cool. Princess Allura didn't play. Nope. <laughs> So Sven was written out and Princess Allura took over his stead. So how much did that change concerning the reboot? Well, Sven, although he was quite instrumental to the 1984 Space Explorers due to piloting one of the lions, he was more a team player than versus um, what he morphed into for the reboot in 2016. Sven was now Shiro who definitely had more backstory, involvement, and credence in what he meant for the Voltron team. A lieutenant slash commander and trustworthy team member, Shiro definitely commanded attention wherever he entered the room. I can imagine. Was he one of your favorite characters? Yes, he was. Oh, <laughs> let me stop and think about that for a second. <laughs> yes, he was. <laughs> Pilot or paladin to the Black Lion and leader of the Defenders of the Universe... Shiro was captured by the Galra Empire a year prior the start of the series while engaged in a scientific expedition, during which he was given a weaponized prosthetic right arm. Hmm, very interesting. Mm -hmm. Sounds like some very modern-like techie development there. Yep, yep. Um, Terminator, shall we say? <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, it'd be a bit advanced. <laughs> decisive leader with quiet strength Shiro is amazingly calm and always in control mm, yes so love the strong silent types mm -hmm. <laughs> yes <laughs> fun fact Shiro's character morphed from Sven who was understood to be Norwegian uh -huh. 
Well, did you know that Shiro's real name was Takashi Shiro Shirogan? Very Japanese and bad to the bone. It is. <laughs> Voiced by Josh Keaton. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, um, like, if you really do get a chance, this is to you two listeners, if you get a chance to watch the reboot or can recall, the voice talents were very well matched to the actual animated art. Nicely done. Yeah. So, like, when you see pictures of Shiro and Keith and Lance and all of them, like, they, they, they would talk. And, like, it was believable. Like, it was them. Like, you, it didn't sound like, oh, you think, oh, yeah, there's voice actors. Right. You were watching these characters come alive. Like, animes are like that. Animes yes. are pretty cool, actually. Yes. And, like, you could get into this. So, like, Shiro. So, okay, kudos to Josh Keaton, you know. Like, he would speak, you know, okay, that's his voice. But it was Shiro. That's cool. And, you know, you were just like, oh, my goodness, yeah, this is... Yeah, you could really get into this. The Voltron reboot is bad to the bone. Yeah, you know, even though we're adults and we're talking here. Yeah. You want this to be realistic. It was. You want it to be so well done that when you when you watch this or whatever, you're sucked into the story, as right. you were saying. So kudos to them. Big time kudos. Yeah, I do. I think if you and the hubs get a chance to to look into it, I think you guys will enjoy it. I really do. If, Project. Actually, if you like the old one, which we yes, did. So. Yes, absolutely. All right. Now, something else that stood out about Voltron Legendary Defender was how much more involved and well-developed Princess Allura's character was. Mm-hmm. Want to give our listeners a taste of that change, Kennedy? Be glad to. <laughs> princess Allura, the crown princess of Altea and daughter of King Alfer, Allura was the last known female Altean, paladin, as well as keeper of the Castle of Lions, a structure that is both a castle and a spaceship. I can see this now. This is pretty cool. <laughs> Allura granted the new group of defenders their titles and leads them on their mission to defeat Emperor Zarkon and liberate the universe from the Galra rule. Allura wishes more than anything to complete her father's work in stopping Zarkon. Seems like in this comparison that Princess Allura in 1984 Voltron versus today is that our retro princess was more or less the typical femme, you know, a rescue me sort of princess (laughs) who was treated like fine china and our, you know, updated Princess Allura who had it all, the insight, Beauty, smarts, wit, and last but certainly not least, mad skill. Yep. yep. Allura was hardcore and could hold her own. Fun fact. Her charisma pulled one of her fellow paladins into her charms. That was our buddy Lance of the Blue Lion. Yeah, yeah. They had they had a little chemistry going on. And it wasn't too much. Nice. But you could tell. Like, it was... I'm telling you. I think you will enjoy this. Yeah, so, anyway. <laughs> It is noteworthy in season three. Allura becomes the new pilot or paladin of the Blue Lion, still in her pink uniform. (laughs) (laughs) And Lance, her boy toy, ultimately replaces Keith in the Red Lion. So I know some of this is a little spoiler, but, you know, it's still worth worth the the view. Um, Keith becomes commander and leader in Shiro's absence and paladin of the Black Lion. I think awesome. everybody wants to ride that black line. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I, I charge marginally. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a big fat no. <laughs> there you go. 
Oh, I almost forgot to mention that Princess Allura was voiced by Kimberly Brooks. Ah, sweet. Now we're about to tie up our discussion of Voltron this week. But before we do, wasn't it the musical score and backdrop for the reboot Something Else key that drew the viewers in? What would you say? Uh, the music was definitely on point. It was brilliant. <laughs> nice. From when the lively intro got going and hyped you up all throughout until the very end, the chosen scores of music effortlessly pulled you in. It was the whole adventure, Coop. Music and the original theme was composed by Alex Garingas. So shout out to him. His compositions were timeless and pure genius. Voltron Legendary Defender generally received positive reviews from critics highlighting the series' writing and visuals. This reboot has received widespread critical acclaim throughout its eight-season run. That's a long time. That's amazing. Yeah, you're right. Both reviewers <laughs> and a number of hardcore fans have lauded the series' plot and story arc. <laughs> Not at all hard to see why, either. And it all started from our 1984 retro gem, that of Voltron Defender of the Universe. Nice. Yeah. Well, and you clearly have a winning combination. You just got to run with it. And watch the excitement and adventure unfold. Adventure etched deeply into our fondest retro memories. And once this happens, you have one of the greatest cartoons of the 80s in four flight. Mm -hmm. Love, love, love. Love Voltron. Voltron, yes. <laughs> defender of the universe. Defender of the universe. <laughs> And that's it for this week's episode. To make sure that you never miss out on another second of our Carmelicious podcast, meet up with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Bye for now, and thanks so much for listening. Bye.